Hey, y'all. Welcome back as we continue our journey through Exodus with chapter 10. And in chapter 10, it's the plague of the locusts. And God is really trying to send Pharaoh a very firm message that Pharaoh is not God and oppression is wrong. And he's trying to give Pharaoh chances to soften his heart and repent and turn to God, but he keeps refusing. In verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Return to Pharaoh and make your demands again. I have made him and his officials stubborn so I can display my miraculous signs among them. I've also done it so you can tell your children and grandchildren about how I made a mockery of the Egyptians and about the signs I displayed among them. And so you will know that I am the Lord. So again, God is seeing and knowing that Pharaoh's hardened his heart so bad that he's past the point of return and there there's no turning him at this point and he's confirming that look he hardened his heart i'm confirming it and this is what's going to happen and he is saying that this is a story that these people will be able to tell their children and grandchildren in future generations and we still teach this story today generations and generations and generations later and it's teaching the future generations the strong hand of god over all the idols that may pop up in our lives even today in our life in the things we go through and the things that god brings us through is a testimony to our children and children's children and we can show the strong arm of god in our lives and everything that he carries us through in verse 3 So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews, says, How long will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, watch out, for tomorrow I will bring a swarm of locusts on your country. They will cover the land so that you won't be able to see the ground. They will devour what's little left of your crops after the hailstorm, including all the trees growing in the fields. They will overrun your palaces and the homes of your officials and all the houses in Egypt. Never in the history of Egypt have your ancestors seen a plague like this one. And with that, Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials now came to Pharaoh and appealed to him. How long will you let this man hold us hostage? Let the men go to worship the Lord their God. Don't you realize that Egypt lies in ruins? So even his officials are getting it. Even his officials are seeing how powerful God is and who is truly in control and has all power and authority. And they're seeing as sin devours all the good things in their lives. And sin does that. It devours everything that is good in our lives. And it it eats it up until it's completely vanished. In verse 8, So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. All right, he told them, Go and worship the Lord your God. But who exactly will be going with you? Moses replied, We will all go, young and old, our sons and daughters, and our flocks and herds. We must all join together in celebrating a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh retorted, The Lord will certainly need to be with you if I let you take your little ones. I can see through your evil plan. Never! Only the men may go and worship the Lord, since that is what you requested. And Pharaoh threw them out of the palace. 
that is not what they requested. They requested all of them may go. They're trying to follow God in his exact order and all of them need to go. There's no compromise and Pharaoh again is trying to offer a compromise. This is the third time that Pharaoh is trying to compromise with God, thinking he's above God and he can compromise. And in verse 12, it continues, Then the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the land of Egypt to bring on the locusts. Let them cover the land and devour every plant that survived the hailstorm. So Moses raises his staff over Egypt, and the Lord caused an east wind to blow over the land all that day through the night. When morning arrived, the east wind had brought the locusts, and the locusts swarmed over the whole land of Egypt, setting in dense swarms from one end of the country to the other. It was the worst locust plague in Egyptian history, and there has never been another one like it. For the locusts covered the whole country and darkened the land. They devoured every plant in the fields and all the fruit on the trees that had survived the hailstorm. Not a single leaf was left on the trees and plants throughout the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you, he confessed. Forgive my sin just this once and plead with the Lord your God to take away this death from me. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and pleaded with the Lord. The Lord responded by shifting the wind and the strong west wind blew the locust into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all the land of Egypt, but the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart again, so he refused to let the people go. And this was, they had, they believed in a false idol, Seth, which was the god of storms and disaster, and Serpia was the locust god, and God brings these locusts in, and it's like the sin that takes over and destroys absolutely everything in our lives. And sin brings darkness and darkness enters and it cannot be stopped without the power of God to change our hearts and our lives. And he hit the food supply. So this is a direct hit of their nourishment and their food, which without food, they can die. And it's just the same as sin in our lives. Sin leads to death. And God is showing them like, look, you refuse to turn, you refuse to repent, you refuse to truly repent and serve God. And he is fearing these consequences again, but he's not truly turning to God. He's only regretting the consequences. And that is not the true heart of the matter. The true heart needs to repent and turn totally to God. And he refuses to do that. In verse 21, Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward heaven, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick that you can feel it. So here we have Moses bringing an attack of darkness through God. And there's no warning this time. And Ra was a false god. They worshipped the sun. And the sun was one of the biggest gods that they worshipped other than Pharaoh himself. And now God brings darkness and sin is darkness. Sin brings darkness to our lives and God is showing them that in their future fate is darkness if they do not heed God and his word and his authority and power. In verse 22, so Moses lifted his hand to the sky and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. During all that time, the people could not see each other and no one moved. So sin also separates us from the people that we love and the people that God brings into our lives. Sin separates us from that and leaves you feeling all alone and isolated. God brings light and community. 
Sin brings darkness and separation, and God called us to be the light and to walk and bring light to the darkness and show darkness the truth of Jesus in the light. In verse 24, finally, oh, no one moved, but there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. Finally, Pharaoh called for Moses, go ahead and worship the Lord, he said, but leave your flocks and herds here. You may even take your little ones with you. So again, he's trying to compromise and he's saying, leave your treasures in the world, leave your treasures connected to the world, keep your treasures in the world, your heart close to your treasures, but you can go and worship. And what what our heart is tethered to is what we love the most. If our hearts are tethered to our treasures and we want to hang on to those things in the world rather than truly worshiping God 100%, that is going to bring darkness into our lives. So verse 25, no, Moses said, you must provide us with animals for sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord your God. All of our livestock must go with us too. Not a hoof can be left behind. He's saying, no, we're not leaving a single hoof in the world of sin. And we want to worship our God wholly and 100%. And all the livestock had died, so they need their livestock so they can offer sacrifices to God anyways. Continuing on, we must choose our sacrifices for the Lord our God from among these animals, and we won't know how we are to worship the Lord until we get there. Like, they're, they don't know what God wants them to do when they get there. They just are told they need to get there so they can worship. In verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart once more, and he would not let them go. Get out of here, Pharaoh shouted at Moses. I'm warning you, never come back to see me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Very well, Moses replied, I will never see your face again. In chapter 11, then the Lord said to Moses, I will strike Pharaoh and the land of Egypt with one more blow. So now he's coming after Pharaoh himself. People worshipped Pharaoh in Egypt. The pharaohs were considered incarnate deities. And Pharaoh, he believed he was a deity. And now God is coming after him himself. It's the final showdown, the final plague. Um... Continuing on, after that, Pharaoh will leave. Pharaoh will let you leave this country. In fact, he will be so eager to get rid of you that he will force you all to leave. Tell all the Israelite men and women to ask their Egyptian neighbors for articles of silver and gold. Now the Lord had caused the Egyptians to look favorably upon the people of Israel, and Moses was considered a very great man in the land of Egypt, respected by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. Moses had announced to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says. At midnight tonight, I will pass through the heart of Egypt. All the firstborn sons will die in every family in Egypt, from the oldest son of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the oldest son of his lowliest servant girl who grinds the flour. Even the firstborn of all the livestock will die. Then a loud wail will rise through the land of Egypt, a wail like no one has ever heard before and will ever hear again. But among the Israelites it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egyptians and Israelites. All the officials of Egypt will run to me and fall on the ground before me. Please leave, they will beg. Hurry and take all your followers with you. Only then will I go. Then, burning with anger, Moses left Pharaoh. Now the Lord had told Moses earlier, Pharaoh will not listen to you. But then I will do even more mighty miracles in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed these miracles in Pharaoh's presence, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he wouldn't let the Israelites leave the country. 
So here God is warning them, look, all the firstborn sons are going to die. And Israel is God's firstborn. Israel refers, God refers to Israelites as his firstborn people and his people. And he's distincting between the people that love him and follow him with all their heart and the people that don't. And the firstborn males, they take the throne and carry on the family name. So that is a huge hit for these people. And for the Israelites, however, he had the Egyptians favor them. It says the Egyptian neighbors give them articles of silver and gold. God's not only providing goods, he's providing justice. He's providing both goods and justice and providing them things that they're going to need. And this is also God responding to when Pharaoh killed the firstborn of all the Israelites, the injustice that he did demanded a price. And this is going to be the price for that injustice. And sin and injustice will be reconciled by God. In God's time, God does reconcile injustice and sin. And that is the end of chapter 11. We'll continue on in chapter 12 tomorrow. I hope y'all are having a most wonderful day.